Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney, and our regular sports psychologist co-host, Dr. Megan Cannon. Good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Starting off nice and mellow because I know it's going to get passionate and excited like we normally do. Because guess what? We're back on another podcast episode. And I am bringing on not just a repeat co-host, a regular co-host slash, we're just going to go ahead and say the co-host of (laughs) this Live the Fuel podcast show. I just been very frustrated because she and I have not been able to connect up. It's 2019. She's a busy cat. She's an entrepreneur. She's a sports psychologist. She helps a lot of people, including myself, including our fellow followers, uh, one of which, uh, Brian Strausser, shout out to the Strausser Project. He's a big fan of Dr. Megan Cannon. Welcome back to the show. Why, thank you very much. I am very happy that we were able to make this happen. Finally. Well, let's think about this. Schedule. I mean, when was our last episode? Was it our live recording day? Yes. Because we, we've started this whole double episode format where we just bang mm-hmm. out two at a time. That way it gives you some some lifetime back into your life. <laughs> What, what, what little you have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to entrepreneurship, which you've actually, to be fair, you already were an entrepreneur, so to speak. You just had a steady contract before, and now you're even more independent than you were before. So Yes. Congrats again, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, so like, how has that been going? Because that's, the last two times you and I connected were at your new fancy schmancy office. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's going well. It's been really exciting just seeing. I'm coming out of February, which is just an intense month for me. Um, as a former swimmer, I work with a number of swimmers and swim programs. And February for high school and collegiate swimmers, at least in this area, um, is a, a big championship meet season between that end of February, beginning of March time. And so just been a busy couple of weeks talking with a lot of swimmers and wrestlers with, you know, district, states, regionals and all of these things that are going on. So it's an exciting time for them. And we also have spring sports starting. And so it's a nice culmination of just a lot of stuff at one time. I think this is funny because every time you and I connect, it's always something I realized we never talked about before. So we, we casually had like glanced over the sport of swimming. Yes. But I follow you online, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, and real quick for the YouTube shares, I'm going to go ahead and just jump in and do some screen sharing. Uh, follow Dr. Megan Cannon at literally DR, Dr. Megan Cannon on Instagram. She's on to Facebook. And there's a whole new website coming soon. So that's very exciting as well, which will also be drmegancannon.com. Correct? Still Dr. Megan yes, Cannon.com? Awesome. Yeah. So it's literally in the. What, what did you say before we started the show? The coding phase? Uh, coding phase or whatever. Is, so That's so old school, by the way. Um, <laughs> no idea. It's beyond. I don't, I don't know who you hired. <laughs> anyway, so we're just having fun. Anyway, the, the point is, is that you and I have casually glanced over swimming in the past. And then because we were making, I was making fun of myself with my triathlon attempt in 2018, which did not go well from a swimming specific component since I don't know how to swim. But apparently, if you throw yourself into a lake, you can make it to the first buoy with very little training. Um, <laughs> good, good knowledge. For- don't recommend it. Because um, <laughs> then you're like me. You're this manly man out there screaming, you know, where, where's where's my swimming angel? Because they promised me a swimming angel to swim alongside of me. Do you remember that discussion? Oh, yes, yes. And, and then they, like, they took away my swimming angel to put him on lifeguard duty. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> 
Like, this was not the plan. <laughs> now, now, granted, if my mental state was in that place, that was a clear telltale sign that I was not ready to possibly <laughs> throw myself into my first ever open water swim, let alone a triathlon. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is your opinion, Dr. Megan Cannon? Because... No, I would agree. I mean, I think there's the, had you gone in there with the mindset of like, there isn't going to be any help, but you know, there is this very different anchor point to, oh, I'm going to have this person. Wait, this person isn't here. And so now we have panic and unplanned situation versus going in there mentally being prepared and ready for, okay, I will not have angels or I, it's going to be me out there. If this would happen, this is how I'm going to do it. You know, there's, it's a whole different mental schema you're going to run through getting ready to that with, with having an, an angel swimmer versus not. And so then when you're put in the position anticipating it's going to be there and then not totally new ball game. I think they should never even told me there was such a thing as a swimming angel. Uh, Cause I, I mentioned it to my swimming coach. Cause I was, I was training over here, which I, I need to go back. Uh, shout out to coach Scott, not me, obviously their coach Scott. Uh, <laughs> Cause he, he now follows me. I think he's like Aquaman or something on Instagram. Great hashtag or great at, at name. Yeah, right. Way to, way to get that like, one. <laughs> I think it's Aquaman Scott or something. I don't know. But nice. The dude's like hardcore swimmer, does triathlons like for breakfast. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but even he said when I left to do that triathlon, he's like, dude, just saying you need more training. But good luck. <laughs> so he he was really, if we're getting down to it, he was your swim angel telling you like, yeah. <laughs> but come on, Megan, how long you and I known each other since we ran into Wait, each other at Starbucks? <laughs> I am not. Listen, I. I, I, I uh, Baptism uh, by fire, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, I am all about that. You know, is, is there something wrong with that? Maybe in some, some worlds. Me, no. I just no. throw myself in. Um, not always recommended for everybody. And definitely, I mean, if, if you go, if you are going to throw yourself into a situation involving swimming where you don't know how to swim, make sure you do it where you are surrounded by lifeguards and speedboats because they can yeah. zip in with a speedboat and zip you out. So there you go. Uh, and that, that that was probably my vote of confidence on doing it. Plus, <laughs> I, I needed to shut up some of my friends who said I know the balls to go do a triathlon anyway. So it's like, fine, I don't care if I know how to swim properly yet or not, I'm doing it. It's so, happening. <laughs> Now, you as a sports psychologist, I mean, seriously, feel free to critique my jackassery uh, because I know from a healthy mindset standpoint, is that that good? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think it depends on your perspective. There are so many people that if that's like what for them works, where there is like, let's think less and just do. And then it's almost, it reminds me of the, um, you know, seek forgiveness rather than permission type of a situation, Ooh. you know, that does work for people, but then others, if they're, they are those that like to plan for certain situations, you know, that's, I think really a matter of knowing what you need and knowing yourself. If you know yourself well enough that with what you're describing being like a petrifying situation, then that's probably not the way to go for you. But if that sounds exciting of just like, you know what, I'm a medium swimmer. I think it can probably like, may as well like okay you know then that works for you and so there's the not a one size fits all with that one you know it, well it's funny you and i talk about this today because like again for our regular listeners they know that you and i never script these shows right we just we hit on yeah. what's hot at the time how we're feeling it and it just flows really really well so shout out to co-host dr mega cannon for helping it flow so well um <laughs> but to our newer listeners we we did kind of like briefly chat before I hit record. I was like, um, is there anything hot you want to hit on right now? We're actually ended up hitting directly into what you were talking about, which is this pre-race prep or mindset or whatever. And, um, I mean, I, I didn't realize it was a hot swimming season. I, 
I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, because I never was a swimmer. So I, d- I had to make fun of myself first before we dove into this because, <laughs> I, you know, I am that jackass. But you clearly are heavily ingrained into the swimming community. I mean, I see most on your social media is a lot of integration into the Emmaus High School swim teams and obviously the collegiate thing. And, and you were just recently in Seattle, I think you said as well, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. I was out in Seattle with the um, Bellevue Club swim team. So hello to them. Bellevue um, used to travel out there all the time, by the way. It's gorgeous. Uh, T-Mobile's headquarters is out there. In they were, They are. Yeah. So I used to go out there every quarter between 2003 and 2006. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it, are the towers still the ivory towers? Did you drive by there? It's like two I was there. Towers. It was like, I was, I got in there. I think I had a 45 minute, like get to the hotel, like change over. And then I was right down meeting with coaches, parents, athletes. And then, um, I had a very brief time to go tour Seattle a little bit on Friday morning and then back for a team session in the evening and then out on Saturday. So it was a, a very, very in and out, but got a little bit of, of history and touring around Seattle and just seeing some of the things. But yeah, it's a swimming is a really unique sport in that there are a couple peaks within the year. And so right now we're hitting a big one for your high school, college, like the short course season is coming to a an end. Some of the club swimmers, they'll have their championship meets coming up here in these next couple weeks um, and then starts long course. And oh, then there's a whole other ramp up and championship on. season at the end of that. Pause. And so there's a pause. What's this short course versus long course? Come on. So the sh- the I don't short even know what course that is. <laughs> says 25 yards. It's like the, the, your, your typical swimming pool. And then the long course is what you're going to see in the Olympics. So it's, it's okay. So Olympic distance, Olympic distance. And then short course is like 25 yards versus that 25 50. yards or 25 meters meters. I'm sorry, 25 meters. Okay. And so there's the 25 meters and then the, for short course and then long course, it's 50. Okay. So you're, you're missing the flip turn and you're missing that ability to push off the wall. And so it's a, although it's a, you know, same sport, it's definitely a very different dynamic with having, you know, you're having half of your ability to use the wall in any given race because it's okay. 50 meters versus 25. And so they have a whole, um, championship season and things like that for them. For Wait, the long so 25 meter pull, you're not allowed to push off the wall. You are, but oh. in a 25 meter. So if I'm swimming a hundred as an example, which is, you know, hundred meters in a, in a short course pool, that's four laps. Okay. So I'm within that having three opportunities to flip turn on the wall and push myself oh, versus oh, a yeah. long course. I now only have gotcha. one. And gotcha. so it makes um, some of those distances a little bit different. And there's just, it's a, it's a different, same sport, different ball game okay. type of a situation. And so for some of the pools that are fortunate enough to have some mobile bulkheads that then make their pools bigger, like yay for them, but other ones, um, especially here on the East coast, you know, they're, they're outdoors for the, the summer swims and things like that. Cause there's not, I think kind of anywhere, there's not a tremendous amount of pools, but. Well, see now it's funny because you brought up the Bellevue. So Bellevue obviously is the outskirts of the Seattle market and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of water out there. Um, But so obviously though, from what you were out there for, this was clearly indoor training environment. Yes. Okay. Which is funny because I, 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 Kristen, my fiance, she's, you know, her from CrossFit and hanging out and she is clearly able to go swim in the open water versus me and uh, loves to rub that in by the way. And um, she compares how the local facilities around here, like some have a long pool. It's, it's actually hard to find a long pool, right? Mm -hmm. So a a long pool would be considered an Olympic distance pool, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, yep, so so even the, even the um, oh god, what's the facility that I was training at? Uh, Saint, Cedar, uh, Cedar, Crest. Cedar Crest. Yeah, Rodale. So Rodale's swimming f- fitness facility. That's I think that's only a twenty-five meter pool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so you'll have I think so I know Mac Pool, the Allentown City Pool. That's that's our long course here. Oh. And so they they have um, the Olympic distance, and then I believe that's the outdoor, one high though. that is outdoor. Yeah. Yep. And so that's where some of the clubs will do. Some clubs can't get access to it. So they'll just circle swim, you know, because they just can't, um, and they need the extra okay, yardage. What's a circle swim? So they'll, instead of swimming in the laps back and forth, they'll swim the perimeter of the pool. Really? Like while other people are swimming some, their laps? Well, they'll, it'll only be during like the team time in the mornings. So they'll practice before other people get there. And so sometimes they'll swim the perimeters of the pools or. And are they swimming the perimeters to prevent the re the, the unnatural bonus of being able to flip off the wall type of thing all that yeah some of them are to just continue to get that endurance up okay. um because i mean when you think about it it's a big help you know get it a push off especially if you're swimming a 200 400 a mile you know you think about how many times you're hitting that wall and that makes a big difference yeah. um and so even mentally preparing for it it's, it's just it's different and so it's probably what um, broke me <laughs> Yeah. So, so there are some swimmers that have very, very strong opinions on, on long course for short course and stuff, well, but it's interesting. Right it's- so, I mean, so what is, what are most of your athletes you work with? Are they mostly high school teams? Or are they also more collegiate teams? Cause obviously you went all the way out to Washington. I know Emmaus is a high school team. Is it, is it 50, 50? Like, what is that all about? It's a, it's a good mix. Um, and with the club programs, those are our high school programs. Okay. Um, and so it's high school and college. Okay. So, so you're working with basically what I worked with when I was a ski race coach. So, because like, mm-hmm. it was like, we called them club teams as well in the ski world, uh, kids in a, in a club team, it's not a, for example, Camelback where I coached at. It was a club team. It was a privately organized, privately held team. It was a not-for-profit, a 501c3 uh, managed by the parents. The Mountain, we were a officially a race team on Camelback Mountain, but it wasn't a Camelback paid and sponsored race team. Um, right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Is that similar to the swimming world? There are. So, yes, there are. Um, so, you have your high school programs. Uh, or any or college, anything that's affiliated with a school, but then there are swim clubs and the design of them, it, it, it all depends. And so there are some clubs like in this area that are not affiliated with the high school, but to a point, like kind of have a little bit of a relationship. And so, and I'm not always sure exactly what the relationships are outside of um, they use their facilities. They have a majority of their high school swim team also swims year round for the club. Mm. So club swimming is a year round sport versus if you're going, you know, for competing for high school, it's only a specific season. Um, and then, sport. so, yeah. yeah. And so some of the the clubs in the area, like I, I'm sure, you know, Matt Beckwith who's yeah. over at SYR CrossFit. So he's the Parkland area aquatic club coach. And so that's a freestanding club, not affiliated with any, thing it's its own entity i don't know he was and with they, parkland i thought he was with nazareth or is that a different coach there that's also and so there's like your parkland high school team but then there's this parkland area swim club team so two okay. different things and then nazareth does have they have a high school program but then they also have a club program as well well because i the whole um, you know nika naradores right the not-for-profit i don't South know america oh that you were last year what well, no, i mean they're all that's that's kevin's brother Kevin oh. from SYR CrossFit. 
The the tall, pretty, strong yeah. guy. <laughs> Whole Foods Kevin. No, no, no. Different Kevin. No. No, Buff not, Kevin? Not Whole Foods Coach Kevin. Kevin. Buff Buff Kevin. Co- Coach. Coach Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Young, strong I Kevin. Didn't... There's so many Kevins, ladies and gentlemen. It's hard I to know. figure out. I, I, I'm sure all these people that know all these, these that have no idea who these people that we're talking about. I thought you about. knew about, because like every year we do a fun, uh, so his brother flies, or well, not his brother, but the other, the co-founder of Nika Naradores is a, they run a not-for-profit swimming program in South America. But his co-founder is Kevin's brother, who runs the Nazareth swimming program. Oh, okay. He has mentioned to me that his brother is the Nazareth, but I have not. I did not know about that. Oh my god! Yeah, I have. I I have the t-shirt. I have the (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, because in the CrossFit world, if you don't have a t-shirt for everything, there's something wrong. It doesn't. Never existed. Um, it's, it's the, the t-shirts are the social media. It's, <laughs> it's funny not because posted, it doesn't count. So Niga Naradores is officially like registered business wise as a Lehigh Valley not-for-profit. Oh, that's amazing. But they're in South America. That's very cool. If that helps you understand. Hold on a second. I got to do some screen sharing for these guys. So here, this is Niga Naradores empowering youth. I'm oh, surprised so cool. you haven't found out about this yet. Every year we do a fundraiser. They, they, uh, no, I have not. Yeah, the co-founder, Kevin's brother, flies or not, not Kevin's brother, but Kevin's brother shows up, and the co-founder, they fly, he flies back up from South America, and they're usually here for about a week or two, and they just run a circuit, and they just do it. We we try and sponsor like you know not-for-profit workouts and stuff like that, and we do it. We do a, a wad at SYR, and to raise money for the program here because it's down in uh, obviously, you know, Nicaragua, so. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. And these kids are so good. Like, they qualify to come up here and compete. Like, they're that good. It's amazing. Yeah. Because it's he, cool. next time I see Coach Kevin, I'll have to pick his brain about that. Oh, you will. Yes. So, anyway, well, they were on the podcast. We actually recorded a live show down in Hellertown at, I don't know, whatever the brewery is that's down there. They wanted to go meet down there because they were watching football. So, we set up microphones like you and I do normally. And, yeah. Rock the mics to help create some more awareness. And again, you know how this is. We're creating more digital online footprint with your keywords and their keywords and getting them out there more because, you know, they're a small not for profit helping Nicaraguan kids like kick butt and swimming. So that is pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I got to get you guys interconnected more then. So because that's just funny. Um, anyway, not to come off target, but we are talking about swimming. So yeah. I'm just surprised it hasn't come up before. I know. Me too. I'm slacking. So <laughs> anyway, back to your point. So there's obviously these programs are crazy. Uh, I had no idea it was this, this time of year was a part of the peak season, but now I totally mm-hmm. get it since you've been posting a lot about it. Usually yes. that that's kind of a telltale sign uh, <sighs> since I do, you know, stalk you and follow you on social media. <laughs> that's what we do nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. We just stalk each other. I know. Same. That's how I know you're always everywhere outside of you also do. Well, just that's true. You have ripped on me. You're like, you're like everywhere. I'm like, really? Like, does it yes. come across that way? Yes. You my, are everywhere. My bad? <laughs> no, it's a great thing. <laughs> but that's how I keep up with you is like, oh. Until you're hospitalized. Then you become stationary at least for a few days. So. Oh, my gosh. Should we go there and why the last podcast didn't happen <laughs> when we had it scheduled? That's true. That was me. <laughs> Yes, should, should, I cancel. I cancel the podcast. Should we do that, or should we should we tease that for the next episode? We could tease I don't that. Know. One. We could tease that one. Right. Okay. So, so, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, when we record, because we're already twenty, almost twenty minutes into this episode, and I don't want to lose our power on swimming and and pre race prep. But we're gonna we're gonna, we'll dig back into more of my collapsed long adventure and me canceling on poor Doctor Megan Cannon. I felt like a slacker. Anyway, oh no, uh, it was. <laughs> 
that was quite let's totally justify i received a text message back that i was very not expecting what it was i was very surprised by it and we had to reschedule we'll we'll dig into more but ladies and gentlemen (laughs) literally i was supposed to go meet megan as i was being rushed off to the er and there's your segue so back to swimming (laughs) back to swimming um speaking of pre-race prep um you and I actually were competing in the same CrossFit competition, by the way, before we found out about the collapsed lung. So um, Mm -hmm. how about some pre-race mental there? Because like how many CrossFit comps had you done before that? That was my first one. That's what I was waiting to hear. Boom. First one ever. And which one are we talking about? Granite Games held at Granite Games Throwdown at SYR CrossFit. Shout out to Rob Eschbach and the crew, SYR Army. Getting a January, and it was delightful. Yeah. We're literally recording this in early March now. So the funny thing is that literally felt like it was only a few weeks ago. So I know. But yeah, you you competed in your first team CrossFit competition. That's what the throwdown was designed as. It was three-person teams, all men, all women. And uh, I don't know. I mean, talk about pre-race prep. Let's be real. You're a sports psychologist, okay? You're well-educated on this. Let's be honest. You were nervous. I was. And so I knew, and this was my this was my true test to myself, because I was like, all right, if I'm talking with athletes about this all the time in terms of pre-race anxiety and, and, and competition nervousness, um, shame on me if I'm not putting myself in that position to still feel that. And so I've done the Spartans. I've moved on to the Ragnars. And now I was like, well, I don't get nervous with those things anymore because I've done them. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. And well, I was nervous because I've never done it before. And I'm very, you know, new in in this grand scheme of things to the CrossFit world. And so I applied um, some of the strategies. And so it started that week. I was very mindful of my sleep. I knew what time I would have to go to bed before the comp and I knew what time I would have to wake up. And so we know that sleep is very beneficial, not only in preventing injury, um, but it's, I think there's some crazy statistic of like 80 to 90% of the injuries that occur in the athletic setting happen when there's fatigue involved. And so it's a yes. big, big contributor to that. And so also faster reaction time, better focus, better speed, all of these things are such a benefit from sleep. And so having a consistent sleep cycle going into the competition was part one <laughs> that I did. Um, so along with real quick. That is a part of your, the official fancy terminology is your circadian rhythm. So, there you go. I'm a big advocate. In that circadian rhythm there. And then um, as I went throughout the week, I was making, you know, anxiety is fear of the unknown. And our brain typically fills in that unknown in something of a more negative direction. And so I took the time to write down and make a list of the things I did know going into it. Um, and then there were things that I didn't know, which were like, how do these things work? What's the flow of them? Do we do all of our workouts like in a row or how does this happen? And Fortunately, I had teammates along with Rob at SYR to be able to ask them and make some of my unknowns about the day known. And so I wrote those lists down. Um, And that list also had things to do with, you know, my knowledge of my sleep cycle, my knowledge of the amount of practice in the different workouts that we did or different things that I've done leading up to competition. In addition to just some knowns about the flow of the day, everything from, okay, I know the outfit I'm going to wear because our team got t-shirts all the way to, all right, these are the snacks (laughs) that I'm going to have, you know? And so it was um, all the way to then details as they came out of this is the time I'm going to be competing. This is what the rig is. I was actually at the gym the night before looking at the rig 
that I knew I was going to be at. And shout out to Rob and Matt and everybody over at SYR who kept everything on time, literally to the minute. So that was cool. Um, you know, and so there Come were a on, lot you're, of things. You're talking about Rob Eschbach. You know, was, <laughs> you know that was part of his core anal retentive requirement. To oh, yeah. Himself. It was amazing. It was, it was so <laughs> great. And so, you know, there's a you know, when we talk competition prep, a lot of times people think like the day of, but in reality, that starts days out, not only from the nutritional hydrating and sleep standpoint, but even that mental perspective of figuring out those unknowns, challenging yourself to, to focus on those along with, you know, visualizing and, and relaxing and all these other things. It's not a day of situation. It's really, you know, those days and even weeks leading up to a specific competition. I, I totally agree. I mean, admittedly, you and I are both regular CrossFitters. You more now than you've ever been. So congrats again on that. Thank um, you. And it, it is something crucial to be reminded about. I, I think in the past year of this podcast, now two and a half years old, it, I've focused more on reminding people about the value of rest and recovery. And people are like, oh, is that because you're getting older? Because you're 41? <laughs> and I was like, I'm a pretty damn fit 41. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. And yeah. uh, that aside, no, back to your point, circadian rhythm, rest, recovery, sleep cycles. I mean, we did exactly what you did the day before. We kept I, my teammates. I never even met them. Never even met my teammates, okay? Normally, past CrossFit competitions, the few teammate wads that I've done, uh, we were training together. And we're messaging each other, but, like, you know, one guy lives in Reading. And then one guy, the other guy I found out was actually the pharmacist of the Allentown uh, uh, Wegmans. So I was like, oh, well, I totally could have connected up with him. So he was actually an SYR member, whereas the other dude was from Reading, goes to a completely, I think he goes to CrossFit Effort or whatever, the, the CrossFit gym out there. And mm -hmm. by the way, shout out to Kevin again. That was Kevin's buddy. It was Kevin's childhood friend. And they used to do sports together when they were kids. And he told him like, oh, dude, I see you're doing CrossFit now. You used to have to do your first CrossFit comp. So that guy who was on my team had only been doing CrossFit for not even a month. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And you guys placed, didn't you? Yeah, we took third. Um, um hello. Yeah. yeah. You newbie. Newbie and one guy, guy born with a birth defect lung, not me, the other guy, and then me <laughs> collapsing a lung. What? There's like a team name within there what? somewhere. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh my gosh. Enough of me stroking my own ego. No, seriously. Uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a great event. And, but it comes down to comfort level. Like we realized, listen, we're all busy professionals. Our schedules were crazy. We were trying to meet up. So in the meantime, we were sharing strategies, Facebook messaging each other, you know, and then eventually finally like actually sharing each other's cell phones so we could actually text and not use Facebook Messenger, whatever. And then I was like, Look, guys, why don't we just get together the night before or the afternoon before and just go through the motions? Because me yep. being, you know, I'm a CFL one trainer. I'm a coach. Like I, I understand, dude, I don't. I don't care how much weight they could throw down. That's their that's their individual responsibilities, right? For that one workout where you had to build up to your one rep max. You know, yep, but yep, yep. the the biggest hack for that competition was exactly the theme of this episode, which was like whether you call it race day prep, uh swim meet prep, CrossFit competition prep, it's prep. So we at least showed up. We got to hang out for an hour. And we just went through the motions. We didn't worry about how much weight we were putting up. It's like, guys, like, okay, let's figure out our transition times, our cycling, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. Like the one workout that had the jump ropes in it, like we decided yeah. that I'm pretty fast with my singles. So I was like, listen, us pausing 
to switch positions in the other movement and then have somebody else take over the jump rope. I'm like, we're going to lose too much time. I would rather just, I was like, I'll just keep going. And that was the big joke about how I realized later that, oh, that thing that I felt that I was shaking in my chest while I was jumping rope was actually my lung. Yeah, I told the surgeon that one. They loved that. I was like, because after that, after that one workout, again, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing this and you have no idea what we're talking about, but Megan knows what I'm talking about. So I'm ripping out all 150 singles and there's multiple rounds of this. So every round, it just, I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I feel like something vibrating in my chest and I think it's like a, a chunk of mucus. I, I, th- I, I Still, I thought I had a chest cold that week. And, and then after the workout, I'm standing there and I'm stretching and I'm like, man, I can't catch my breath and I'm tired. And I'm like, dude, it was weird. It was like, it almost felt like my, my lung was like shaking in my chest. Um, now, gra- <laughs> granted, ladies and gentlemen, like Megan, I can laugh about that because literally a week later when that- I finally got around to getting the x-ray, yes, it was. That was exactly <laughs> what was happening. <laughs> so again, next episode. But point is, 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 is the importance of, of race day prep. We were so much more comfortable going in the next day, especially since I never even met these dudes. Like, yeah. we, we had just friended each other. Like, I didn't even know who these dudes were. And I found out that the other guy, the pharmacist, he had only been doing CrossFit for a few months. So I got one dude who's been doing it for a month. He's actually pretty fit. The other dude who was born premature, and I found out his lungs, like, slowly developed abnormally. So he doesn't – he also had a breathing issue, but just his whole life. Uh, and then there's me, who I've been CrossFitting since 2010 – and I'm a trainer, so it's like I'm. I'm not saying that I'm an anchor, but I think the biggest thing that I brought to the table is exactly what you're hitting on, which was the value and the power of preparation and strategy. Yes, and I think there's there's so much emphasis, oftentimes more so on that that physical preparation of you know, do we practice stuff? Do we do this? Blah blah. blah. But that mental preparation of do we are we comfortable with the transitions? Do we have a mental strategy? Um, you know, even tying it back to swimming or tying it to any sport um, where if you have a race strategy physically of, okay, I'm going to push it on this leg or push it on this lap. Or once we hit this turn, that's what's going to happen. Well, it's equally as important to have that mental strategy as well. If I know for myself, um, so here's a perfect example in the CrossFit world. So I know for me, if I look at that clock and it's one of those workouts, and I think there was one in the competition where it was like, you're doing as many of this in 15 minutes as you can. Mm-hmm. And I said to my teammates, I said, I do not want to know what the time is. I even said to the judge, please do not let me know what the time is. It's a minute and a half left. Like, go ahead. But I know for me, the moment that I hear a time and if it's maybe a 15 minute workout and I'm feeling pretty, pretty gassed, but I now know that I have 10 minutes left. Well, I'm already now back and down. And those mental strategies of what is helpful for you to focus on um, for myself within things like I play with numbers. I will never count one to 15. I will count to three, five times. I will count to five. Like I play different number games or even mentally if you're, in a race and you know that generally maybe it's around that fourth turn or if you're in if swimming if you're swimming a 500 and it's like man that third hundred just is like i have to be consistent that's where i normally lose it have a mantra have a power phrase have something ready that mentally it's like right that moment i hit that turn consistency consistent 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 and and having that mental strategy there alongside with however that physical game plan might be is so important and such a great asset because our brain really dictates a lot of what we're we're capable of physically doing the things Mm -hmm. but if you can do it that day your brain is the gatekeeper of that one i I love this yeah 
and I, I wish we could dig in deeper, but we're, we're keeping a short format for a reason. So, cause we're going to dig into this more on our next follow-up episode, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, I, I, I just, we hit so hard on this stuff. It's so powerful. So you have to listen to the follow-up episode. That's why we started doing this new format. We're normally a long form hour show, but with Dr. Megan, I, I need to spread it out a little bit. She, she's been so damn busy and I'm so damn busy. So I'm leaving for a wedding for two weeks. So, uh, but back to this point, yeah, there's like, there's not enough going on in our lives, right? <laughs> yeah. May, may as well just like, we got married or something. We got married well now, <laughs> do some heli skiing, you know, lung recovery. Let's, let's toss it all into the pot and see how it comes out. Um, but no, on your point of, uh, again, the strategy, the execution, I love your point on that, that find that key word or that verbal recognition. So when you know the crap is hitting the fan or you know that spot in the course, uh, because me being a road cyclist and a mountain biker, there's courses that I've done more than once. So I know, like, oh, dude, I know that course. I know that damn hill. I know that thing yep. is god-awful, and it's going to suck the life out of you. But I also know when you reach that one point, and you know it's called, you know, if you're a marathoner, because I've done marathons, when you hit that proverbial wall, what mm-hmm. are you going to do? What is your strategic move to help you get over that little hurdle? Because it's all mental. It's not physical. Mm-hmm. It's mental. No. In yeah. those moments, it really is that those mental thresholds that are really going to make or break those athletes or in that race or, you know, whatever it is and having that awareness and having that plan and taking it one step further, you know, for, I always talk with my athletes about setting your environment up for success, you know, in a moment, any given moment, even myself right now is just sitting here. Mm-hmm. My brain is doing so many things to yep. To, to process information, language, my just posture, being conscious, I'm digesting food. Like your brain already has so many things that it's asked to do at literally every moment in time. And so why am I going to expect it to remember a strategy when I'm already in a stressful situation versus practice and I'm pushing my body? So why don't I set my environment up for success? And so what might that look like? I don't know, a nail painted a different color or a dot or the word written on your hand. Um, Haley Flickinger, speaking of kind of like those things, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and thinking back, so bring it, tying it right back to swimming. So Haley Flickinger, she currently has the U S record for the women's 200 meter fly. She got it this summer. Um, I spoke with her at the lead sports summit this past summer and on her starting foot, she has the word strength tattooed. Talk about setting your environment up for success. Every time that woman is up on the block in her starting position, she sees that foot in front of her. Strength is literally, like quite literally, inches away from her face. Now, if that is not setting your environment up for success, I don't know what is. You're bending over at the hip. They're bent over. Oh yeah. And it's in her on her left foot, which is forward. And so when she's in that position that is what she sees. And so setting that environment up for success and whatever that might look like for your sport, it might be on a piece of equipment. It might be having a nail painted a different color. It might be a dot or a series of dots or a bracelet or, you know, something that you have with you so that in that moment that you really need it, as you're going up that hill, your brain is already doing all the things. And it's like, if you have that push or whatever that word is right in front of you, I was working with an Ironman athlete the one time who on in her Ironman, it's the bike. And so she put stickers on her bike as a reminder of different things to do. And so there's no lack of opportunity for setting that environment up for success. It's just finding what works for you to just help those mental strategies and that mental game plan be executed just like what you're doing physically. 
I love that. I, I actually, I love the example of uh, the last example you threw in there about throwing the stickers on the handlebar because I've done endurance racing or just endurance cycling events. And yeah, when you were pushed to the point, the limits that even if you train for them, there's still limits. I mean, there, there's, there's a physical exertion point where your brain has to take over because your physical body thinks it's ready to fail, but your brain has to tell you, Oh no, dude, I'm actually more powerful than you realize. But here's a couple cues to remind you that it's okay. You can break through. You know, you got some more stuff going on. Because your brain eventually does have to get into that fight or flight mode too and protect you. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. so it starts tuning out other things and just it, it's only willing to tune into certain things. So I'm, I'm intrigued about the stickers on the handlebar thing. I've never used that one, but I like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, listen, uh, I love the fact you just threw in the word Iron Man too because this next episode, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want to tune in for. I'm going to drop something on this one that uh, I'm working on getting him on the show. But real quick, have you heard of the Iron Cowboy? No? I don't think so. Very excited, then. All you got to do is in your brain just picture doing 50 Iron Mans. Anyway, there's your segue. Dr. Megan, how would you like to close out this episode? What is an all-encompassing message? Besides, obviously, we talked about mindset. Uh, pre-event prep, the importance of these little elements. Uh, un, un, don't underestimate the power of rest and recovery. But yeah. is there an all-encompassing message here? I think it's just start to pay attention to your mental game plan. And that doesn't start the day of. Um, just like if I was trying to do an Ironman, I'm not going to just go do that tomorrow, right? I'm going to train. I'm going to prepare. And so there's, as long as you're doing the physical preparation, you know, think about the mental preparation and not only those things from what we've discussed of sleep and making those unknowns, but even on that day of competing or whatever business, whatever you're doing, having that mental game plan and preparation there as well. Okay. I love it. Mental preparation, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thanks for tuning in to another Live the Fuel show, specifically with our regular sports psychologist guest co-host, Dr. Megan Cannon.com. So again, ladies and gentlemen, prepare for these events, prepare for your races. It does help you accomplish your dreams and your goals so thanks for tuning in to another powerful of the fuel show this one's definitely been centered around not just health and fitness but really about that that mindset necessary uh for a prepared lifestyle so thanks for tuning in remember you too can live the fuel and we'll talk to you guys again soon thank you for subscribing to live the fuel stay connected on facebook twitter and instagram at live the fuel and remember you too can live the fuel so please visit us at live the fuel.com.